on his Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas. And pleased to be joined right now, uh, without uh, further ado, it is Babe Laufenberg joining us, the um, radio analyst for the Dallas Cowboys. And Babe, welcome home from um, California. I've spent a lot of time out there over the years and enjoy it. Um, I guess, uh, I guess, it, 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 and you've spent, you actually went to school out there in that part of the world. Was it a little tough to come back to the uh, the Texas heat? And and I like when people say, hey, without further ado, like if you have Roger Staubach on, you say, now we welcome the Heisman Trophy winner, Super Bowl MVP, two-time Super Bowl winner, Hall of Famer, Naval Academy graduate. But when you don't have a lot on your resume, you just say, hey, without further ado. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I, of that. I, I love that. I think uh, you know, I think you get plenty on your resume. I mean, two like uh, great uh, universities. <laughs> yeah, it played in the hey, NFL. I say, yeah, I played for four teams in the NFL. I always say, hey, only one team wanted Aikman, right? You only played for the Cowboys. I had three other teams wanted me. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, you try to frame it in the most positive way, but uh, I, yeah, I did. Yeah. I grew up in California, so from where the Cowboys train uh, in Oxnard. Uh, my house was about 45 minutes away in a place called Canoga Park, San Fernando Valley, if you're familiar with that area. And did you ever, Mose, you're probably a little young for the Thousand Oaks days, yes? Yeah, a little young for that, but I, I'm okay. aware of where uh, that is. Yeah, we were, you know, 30, I grew up 30 minutes from there. And as a matter of fact, we'd go out like on a Saturday, you know, probably once at camp. We weren't like, I know fan comes from fanatical but we weren't these fanatical people hanging around every day my dad actually had a job anyway uh we go up about once and there'd be like 200 people maybe there on a saturday for for training camp practice and oh here's roger staubach and all these guys right but uh so it's, it's just interesting going back now and uh experiencing it in a different fashion but you know what's funny you talk about leaving um I'm I'm always happy to come home. It's funny. Yeah. I think wherever wherever anybody is, right? You you want a little sense of permanence and a home and sleep in your bed and all that good stuff. So I'm always happy to get out there. But then by the end of it, I'm always happy to be home as well. Home being Dallas. Yeah. I was really happy to be home when we used to be in San Antonio and and I mean nothing against it was a beautiful Marriott that we would be in. But about 28 days of that, babe, the walls yeah. do start to close or in around you a little bit. There's something about well, having could... a beach nearby or some golf courses. <laughs> I used to see you on well, the golf course occasionally. You had the Riverwalk in San Antonio. Correct. But but that's, so, that'll mean, only beach, take you so walk, far. What's the difference? It's a body of water. <laughs> that's right. It is a, uh, a little different. One of them seems to have some artificial coloring in it. We are talking yeah. to uh, Babe Laufenberg, radio analyst of Dallas Cowboys, former Cowboys backup quarterback, joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Okay, uh, Dak is probably not going to play, Mike McCarthy says. Are you, you know, you used to play a lot in the preseason. You've seen these starters. I mean, you've been friends with, with backups. You've been friends with starters like Aikman. How, how much do starters – typical starters really need or want to get out there like I take me back to Troy did Troy 
like to get a half in or at least a few series in? Did that did that kind of kickstart this? And and I guess you know, in addition to that, how worried should fans be that it looks like Dak's first real you know, getting hit or anything like that will come in that game against Tampa Bay. I'll answer your first question first, and that did Troy like to play? I used to tell Jimmy, hey, he's fine. He doesn't need any work because I wanted to play. <laughs> you know, I said, no, he doesn't need it. Don't risk him. Look, if he gets hurt, you're going to have to play me during the regular season, Jimmy. You don't want to do that. You know what, funny, Mose? You, I don't know if you were, yeah, you weren't there, I guess, because it was our, the Cowboys last, training camp in thousand oaks but we left thousand oaks we played two preseason games we then played denver in the third preseason game and that was 1988 so we played denver and immediately after the game came back to dallas you know camp had ended out there john elway okay picture this right in today's nfl john elway was playing in overtime in a preseason game I, I kid you not we're, we're, we're the game went to overtime and Elway is in the game and it's overtime and I, th- I think a part of that was Dan Reeves a uh, little bit of animosity towards the ownership that had just bought the Cowboys and uh, yeah but so you talk about times have changed I mean but I, I think in answer to your question I would not it's always risk reward and everything you do in life right so why would you put Dak out there for a series or two, what's the reward? I would say somewhere between minuscule and zero. Mm-hmm. And the risk, what, what happens if he makes an off-balance throw? He's rolling out. He throws across his body, you know, and then all of a sudden he irritates that shoulder again and it sets him back. So there's no reason uh, to play him. But I think, I'll say this, I think if it was a Super Bowl on Saturday, yeah. um, he'd be playing. He could play. The, the little you got to see of him yeah. planting, moving, running around out there, everything to your eye, um, it, it, was he giving it all? Was there ever you – know, you obviously got to put your eyes on a little bit of OTAs and some of that as well. Yeah. Everything looked full go from him? I, I thought in OTAs, Mose, and, and kind of the mini camp, I, I, I thought he had a little – giddy up in his step there. I thought he had a little bit of a limp, you know, appeared to be favoring it just a little. He had to look very closely. It wasn't like he was dragging it along or anything. But then I thought in training camp, um, the ankle and the lower body, uh, he, he appeared to be fine. Uh, everything he did, rolling out, running, setting up, dropping back, I, I didn't think that was an issue. Obviously, the shoulder became an issue. But uh, I, I thought the, the ankle – uh, was fine in training camp, and I and I did feel he had a little residual effect going on in OTAs and minicamp there in the spring. Did did um, did Micah Parsons uh, just jump off the the page at you watching him in practice? Obviously, he for those of us who are watching Hard Knocks, and I'm sure you are too, but you were out there for a lot of those practices. Uh, CD Lamb obviously was has been mentioned as a breakout player in camp, but with Parsons, this is an interesting guy because, baby, it seems like a lot is being put on him immediately, and and he may live up to it and may be fine. I I just um, I mean, you've seen this happen over the years. I mean, sometimes you can put a lot on a rookie, or a rookie can end up putting a lot on himself. 
What what did you observe from Parsons, and and do you think he's you know do you think he's uh, going to live up to what seems to be a lot of hype coming out of the the preseason or coming out of camp? Hard to live up to that kind of hype, I think. Um, but here's a guy that's 240, 245 pounds that you know is running a fill in the blank four five you know four. I mean he. You just watch him, and it doesn't take you long to say, let me just say this. You don't have to be a trained eye. You don't have to be an NFL scout that's been in the business 20 years to look at him and say, hey, that kid's got that kid's got some ability there. You know that big kid that really runs fast? He's, mm-hmm. he's going to be a pretty good player. Now, how good they're going to be, we'll see. I will say Dan Quinn, the new defensive coordinator, they have got him, as you probably have talked about and read. I mean, he's moving all over the place. They've got him at a bunch of different spots. My concern is, uh, especially considering, you know, he's only got 13 starts at Penn State. He opted out last year. Uh, he, he has not played a lot of football. My concern is you're putting too much on his plate mentally, and now you just don't play fast. So, mm. But I'm, I'm assuming they know what they're doing over there, yes. <laughs> but as soon as your head starts spinning and you're trying to think too much, well, now you, you don't use your athleticism the way you could. And I always remember two most. Remember Bobby Carpenter, and I know you do. Yeah. I talked to Paul Pascaloni, who was a linebacker's coach at the time, down in San Antonio. And it might have been Bobby's third year. And talked to Pascaloni. Again, he was a linebacker's coach. Bobby Carpenter was a linebacker, first-round pick from Ohio State. And I said something about his development. He said, hey. And he said, we've got to keep him in one spot. We just have to let him learn one spot. So we're going to keep him at will. He's going to be a will linebacker. And they had moved him around a bunch in the previous couple of years. So a week later, Bobby Carpenter is like playing Sam. <laughs> so right after they said, here's what we need to do with this guy. We need to let him learn one position. Let him just go play. Like two days later, he said, they've moved him again. And we know what has happened since. Now, I'm not saying if they had kept him in one position, he was going to be Lawrence Taylor. But – uh, I, I laughed that they said, Here, here's been the problem. we got to let him learn one position. We haven't done that. And, again, two days later, he was gone. So, and, long way of saying, I hope they're not putting too much on Micah Parsons' plate mentally. Yeah. Yeah. What I heard you saying earlier about how you didn't have to be a trained eye was you were you were saying something to the effect of even Brad Sham could tell Micah Parsons <laughs> is a really good player. Yes. Exactly. Hey, I will go back. I always say, you know, I think guys can declare themselves like in the preseason. And you talk about C.D. Lamb. I mean, he that's not hyperbole. Uh, He has made like in camp. You you look up. He's making two catches a day that are just spectacular. I don't mean good. Or you say, oh, that's nice play. You just go, wow, who was that? And then the guy coming off the ground or coming down with the ball. It's 88. It's C.D. Lamb. But I remember. Marcus Ware, his rookie year, first game, first preseason game, first time we'd seen him in action. Mm-hmm. Cowboys go to Seattle. He plays about a half of the game. He has a sack, maybe two sacks, a sack strip fumble, an interception, <laughs> and, and like a fumble recovery, right? And you just said, okay, that, that guy looks like a player. That guy looks like he's going <laughs> to do okay. Now, Parcells, of course, after the game, somebody mentioned – DeMarcus saying, hey, DeMarcus had a heck of a game or whatnot, and uh, Parcells said his typical, 
oh, what do we want to send the guy to Canton? We want to get the anointing oil out on him already. And I was kind of like, yeah, I think you do. He looks like he's going to be pretty good. <laughs> and of course, Mark, Demarcus will be in Canton. Matter of fact, he's up. He's up this year for the first time. And I'll be surprised yeah, I, if he doesn't get in on the first ballot. Somehow, I, 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 in the back of my mind, I feel like Bill might have secretly wanted Merriman back there. But, but boy, once he saw where, he quickly got on that on that bandwagon, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know. They were taking one. I think, if I'm not mistaken, was Merriman taking? No, he was. He was taking the pick after Demarcus. Correct, correct? Sean Merriman. Yeah, after. yeah, yeah. Okay, because I remember when Wade got here, Wade Phillips, who was in then San Diego at the yeah. time, and uh, I kind of asked him, "Hey, who? If if where and Merriman were there, who were you taking?" And he kind of wouldn't answer, <laughs> as you might suspect. Yeah, and at that point, you know, both of them know, were. Still very productive, but Ware went on to have yeah. a better career for sure. But yeah. uh, well, Merriman got injured, and I think he had a suspension for PEDs along the way. And yeah, obviously, uh, Demarcus was a pretty good pick there. I think so, and I think hopefully maybe he'll uh, he'll end up in Canton one of these days, babe. I I really appreciate it, and uh, I appreciate also you sharing with us, um, whether it be Twitter or other places, social media. Uh, talking about your son Luke and and uh, I just every time you do it, man, I I just just know a lot of us think about you and and love that you bring him up um, uh, as often as you do and and uh, I know that was had to be an emotional time out there at camp, but uh, uh, uh-huh. I I just I really uh, I, I I just think I think about him and think how amazing he was and how many lives he touches and quite honestly. With the way you talk about him and, and still talk about him at all times, he continues to touch a lot of lives. Well, it's in, thank you, first off. And um, it, it's interesting because he is still touching lives. And I've had I, – I will just let you know quickly. I've had numerous people reach out to me and say they're ready to take their own life. And they saw what Luke went through and how he battled. And the one said I was six inches away. And it's so maybe he, he is still doing – some good. The funny thing was, I'll tell you quickly, most, I never bragged on him when he was, <laughs> I don't want to say alive, but I just wasn't the type to put a yeah. bumper sticker on my car saying, hey, I've got the greatest kid in the world, you know, riding in the backseat. Um, but he was, he was pretty amazing the way he went through that and uh, just the, the way he did it. And it was just amazing to me. And uh, as funny as parents, we try to impart knowledge and teach our kids how to act and how to behave and how to grow up and how to handle things and man he taught me so much more than i ever taught him that's for sure well he taught a lot of us and uh, we think we think the world of you and and uh thank you so much for being on with us it was great catching up and i hope to see you soon okay most my pleasure thank you anytime there there he goes babe loffenberg the uh, radio analyst for the dallas cowboys and what i was talking